Mary Wood for the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. It's my very real pleasure to welcome you to the War Memorial Opera House this evening, January 23rd, 2010. This is opening night of our 77th repertory season, and this is the opening of Helgi Thomason's Silver Season, his 25th season as artistic director of San Francisco Ballet. Hardly seems possible, but it's going to be a terrific season. As many of you who are long-timers know, these Meet the Artist interviews, our Points of View lecture series, and other programming is recorded for podcasting. I hope you will go to our website, sfballet.org, look for the podcasts, and look for all kinds of other information about educational programming. It's, again, my pleasure to welcome you here tonight, and I'm very, very pleased to introduce my guest for this evening, who is a relatively new member of the San Francisco Ballet family, in a manner of speaking, the new ballet master and assistant to the artistic director, Bruce Sansom. So welcome, Bruce. Thank you very much. Lovely mics. You can all hear? Oh, wonderful. Um, Bruce, it's a pleasure to welcome you back. You and I have crossed paths a few times over the years, and you are here in a new role. And I wonder if, in your own words, in your own voice, you will bring the folks up to speed. Um, okay. I, this is my third incarnation here with San Francisco Ballet. I danced with the company in 1992 mm -hmm. and then returned when I stopped dancing. I was a dancer with the Royal Ballet Company, and I stopped dancing in 2000 and returned here and did an apprenticeship, in a sense, under Helgi Thomason and Glenn McCoy, working in both the artistic and the administrative departments. Um, and following that, I went on for another year at the Kennedy Center with the arts management program that they did there. I returned to London, undertook various jobs, and my last job was running a ballet school in central London. And then I returned here in July of 2009, and it is strange to think we've already stepped into the new year. Um, and I've come in in what is, for me, a new role, uh, ballet master and assistant to the artistic director. So, in a sense, I'm still cutting my teeth after some 30-odd years in the dance profession, um, I'm always open to new challenges and, and want those. So tonight is sort of special, the first night of the new season, and I get to see what the next four months is like. And today's been, or shall I say this week, has been trial by fire? This week with gala, I don't know if many of you came to the gala on Wednesday. Um, if you imagine that Almost none of those works get performed during the season, so they all had to be prepared specially for Wednesday night at the same time as preparing five casts um, for Swan Lake for the opening tonight. So it's been busy, very, very busy. Um, and in fact, today was one of the easier days because we finished the dress rehearsal at 4 o'clock, 
And then we're back for the performance at 8 o'clock, whereas beforehand we've perhaps had an hour and a half or two-hour break in between. So it was time to get home today. It's quite nice. <laughs> That's all relative, I know. Um, we're, we probably have a pretty good idea of what ballet master means, but um, try to describe assistant to the artistic director. Okay, um, I'm sure you all remember Ashley Wheater, um, and he fulfilled a, a big sort of level of support and um, function role for Helgi Thomason. Helgi always says that every year he expects the job to get easier, and every year it gets a little bit tougher. I think um, the demands and the expectations from his dancers and from all of you and everyone in the dance world is to keep pushing, to keep trying to challenge and innovate and grow and expand and test new fields. Um, and there's, there's new areas of interest. I mean, just like today, this being podcast, um, different ways that dance can be presented. And all of these things have to be taken into account. So the simple task of selecting a repertoire, selecting dancers, casting those dancers and then getting the performances up and ready is, is just part of the job. Of course, it's the major part, but there's so many other aspects to it. And Helgi just feels that he cannot be everywhere at the same time. Fair enough. And he needs levels of support that he knows that there are one or two people who can attend meetings on his behalf um, and report back to him so that he can be looking after as many... Uh, of the things that he really needs to on a daily basis. So myself and Ricardo Bustamante sort of share that role and are where he needs us to be at different times. And that could be just somewhere else in the building or somewhere else across the country as and when required. Sounds, can I say fun? Are you enjoying it so far? I'm loving it. Um, I, I'm slightly, what I'd say, bunny in headlights at times when you're like, the speed of it all. But yes, I mean, the, the role, for me, the role I had back in London, my last job, I became incredibly desk-bound, um, and I became much more administrator than artistic. Um, and one of the things Helgi said to me when I took on this job, he said, you do realize you'll be more in the studio. I went, <laughs> yeah, please. Um, so that for me has been very important and building the trust, um, of myself, my own judgment to be in a different country, working with a different company and different artists and different repertoire to what I'm used to, to being able to give them the right messages, um, without changing anything has been the challenge for me and gaining the trust of the dancers and the staff, including Helgi, that I'm doing the right thing. And I think we're settling into a good place with that. Um, I have a question that might be um, a little bit of a curve at this moment, but I'll ask it of you again at the end of the season. Um, you have worked with any number of companies that we know of, Royal Ballet, um, some other British and European companies, um, can you characterize something about this company that is in some way different, special, particular? What brings me back every time is the repertoire. Innovation, um, challenging and pushing classical ballet. 
There's very few works that you see here that are not purely based on classical training and technique, even if it's become or it has evolved into something that might look quite different. It's all right back to those roots. Those roots are my roots. It's sort of coursing through my blood. So what I see the company do, I just connect with straight away. But this company does more of it than any other company I know. And that, that is a lifeblood for any artist. And for a non-performing artist, it's still a lifeblood. Uh, I'm, I'm always very, very comfortable and secure with the full-length classics. But they're just part of the, the bag. And what I love is being challenged with all the other work. I, we want to get on to just talking a little bit about Swan Lake, but I have one more question. Your uh, job description, I believe, includes teaching the company. And um, it occurs to me that while many of our audience certainly understand this aspect of the dance world, some newcomers might not or might be um, surprised to learn that a dancer starts every day with a class. And class implies learning. And one would think that when they've gotten professional and into a company, they know it. Um, talk a little bit about that role that you play. I'm smiling because I don't know if this is being um, broadcast back into the dressing rooms. So hello, dancers. Um, I... I personally believe class covers lots of different aspects. It is a, a physical preparation. It's your warm-up for your rehearsal schedule and your performances. But it's also um, an opportunity for you not just to physically and mentally warm up and prepare, but to test and challenge yourself and to hone your technique. Um, and so I think the, the teacher's responsibility is not just to give a class that people can do, but to challenge them with steps that make them really reevaluate how they approach the technical aspect of things. Technique is the base of everything, and we don't need to see technique in performances. We just need to see the artistry come through. And I, I'm, a, I'm a stickler um, in class for technique, but I also recognize there are times when, quite frankly, they just need to warm up and they need to get ready and they don't need that much fine-tuned, specific detail. Um, but I try carefully to give a class that people can take as it is, challenge themselves within, or take it even further. And I'm relaxed about that. It's, it's really up to them as professionals to know how busy their schedule is to how much they need to really invest of their own energies in that class. For those of you who might have come in after we started, I'm speaking with Bruce Sansom, who is um, assistant to the artistic director and ballet master, newly joined the staff, um, but not new to the company. Um, speaking of which, you have certainly seen a Swan Lake or two if not danced in one or two. Um, so here you are with this new production, and it's... Well, I'll let you use some adjectives. <laughs> um, come up with some ways of describing it. Uh, I find this production very fresh. I think it is very graphic. I mean, it's graphic in design. 
It's very um, solid and simple and pure. It's not cluttered. And I think that goes for uh, almost all of the aspects of the interaction. The dance is very much what you'd see in, in any production. But all the uh, what we'd call mise-en-scene moments when people are just, in a sense, talking with each other, taking the story a little bit further along, I think those have been um, cleaned up. And you're able to follow a lot of the conversation, the dialogue in a sense, just because it's body language rather than over-formalized classical mime that can feel a little dry at times and and can sometimes be off-putting because if you don't really know what's being said, you can be a little unsure what's happening. And I think this, this production actually tries to make sure that the drama is very clearly stated um, and as I say, less through pure classical mime, but more through naturalistic um, body movements. If you had never been to the ballet, you're new to this, is there anyone here who's never been to the ballet? Raise your hand. And you've <laughs> never seen Swan Lake. Is there anyone here who has never seen any production of Swan Lake? Hey, good. Oh, this is exciting. Um, then you've already started some descriptive um, passages. What can they expect? What are they going to see? And what do we hope they take away from this evening? And just as broad as possible. Okay. Um, what I hope you really get is, is the sense of the drama and the individual character's um, performers' characters and the plight that they find themselves in at different times. Um, it is a fantasy story, but it's told, as I say, as, as purely and simply as possible. And you really, what I want you to get drawn in by is the artistic interpretation. They will dance, these dancers can dance their socks off, and you can all just sort of revel in their achievements that way. But that's, that's important, but what I want you to see is what they're doing within that dance, um, and that's what these company members really can do. Uh, it, it's sort of quite difficult to really tell you what to, what to look for or what you might get out of it, but I just hope that you feel a big emotional pull from it in lots of different ways, um, jubilation, desperation, fear, love, all of those sorts of adjectives just pushing their way through the drama. We should probably mention the music. It's by Tchaikovsky. And if you've never seen Swan Lake, you will recognize some, some bits of it without doubt. And I, I should think quite a few of us could sing the overture from start to finish without being wrong at all. Likewise, for those who are longtime ballet supporters and audience have seen Swan Lake in probably multiple um, productions and maybe haven't seen this one. You've already alluded to some things. Um, anything else come to mind that they're going to see when they, when they watch tonight? 
Um, I, I think what I've said really that I think this is a very um, cleaned up version. It's, it's stripped away, but it, it adds an element with the prologue um, of you will see. Um, I don't want to give too much away. It, and I, I'm really not sure what to say other than I want you to sit back and enjoy it and feel that you've been on a huge journey and you are exhausted by the end of it. <laughs> uh, would it be fair to be a little bit reassuring and say that a great deal of the very traditional and very wonderful choreography is still here? Uh, absolutely. It <laughs> is a traditional production um, all, I mean, some of the, the divertissement and a lot of Act One is re-choreographed by Helgi Thomason, but you would, you would be happy seeing that in any traditional production. And then the famous white act, um, part of Der in Act Two, is as is, as I know anywhere, um, as is um, Act Three. Act Four is his own version. But... It could sit in any production very comfortably. It might be costumed differently or it might be in a different set, um, but you would be very comfortable with it. I know it's our tradition to invite members of this audience to ask questions, and we may have arrived at a point where we could open it up to any questions you might have. Let's start right here. And I will repeat questions. Um, she's asking about the roles of the various ballet masters. Interesting question. Okay, well, let's see. This season, there, as usual, there are eight um, programs, three full-length programs, and five mixed programs. So there are four ballet masters. There's myself, Ricardo Bustamante, Betsy Erickson, and Anita Paciotti. And we all take responsibility for different ballets across the season. In the full lengths, we all have different aspects of the production that we're in charge of. Um, Betsy Erickson is in charge of the Swans. So she's really Act 2 and Act 4. Um, I've been looking after Pas de Trois and the Aristocrats and two of the principal couples um, Ricardo has been looking after other principal couples as well as part of Twire and Aristocrats, depending on where I am at different times. And Betsy has been looking, um, Anita has been looking after all the diverts in Act 3, um, the peasants in Act 1, and a lot of the mise en scene with all of the um, supers who appear as well. So we share things out. The next program, um, I'm in charge of Opus 19. Anita's in charge of the new Wielden Ballet, and Betsy's in charge of Company B. And, and so things get shared out. I think we've all got something in every program. Good question, and that sort of tells how you spend your days and weeks. And um, Another question, sir.
I'm going to try to summarize for those of you who couldn't hear that. There are certainly versions all over the world and throughout history of this ballet, and they um, have different endings and different beginnings, and yet somehow they all still get the name Swan Lake. Can you, um, got a couple minutes, um, unpack that. I, I think it just goes to show that productions aren't tied overly. Um, the Bolshoi production with the prologue, um, was a wonderful concept. And did you enjoy it, the prologue? Oh, then the Kirov one. I'm trying to remember which one. Okay. Okay. Different times, fine. Um, I have seen prologues that work and prologues that don't work, and I've seen productions without a prologue. Um, so Peter Wright did a wonderful production where the opening scene was the death of the king. And that made perfect sense. It was his funeral, and then the prince is the heir apparent very clearly. Um, and the queen is the dowager queen. And it really makes sense for him then to be looking for a bride. Um, so it's artistic license. And so long as what you do makes sense within your production, I think there's a certain... Um, level of openness, the reality is you're talking about um, an evil man who tries to deceive a gullible prince that he's fallen in love with the wrong person. Sorry to anyone who didn't know what was happening. Um, so in and around that, you can do lots of things. The divertissement in Act 3 are sometimes purely and simply divertissement. Sometimes they are um, introduced by Rothbart, the evil man, and he brings them to the court. Sometimes they are um, international players who are bringing a princess for the prince to consider marriage to. All of these have... Um, a degree of, of truth about them, so long as they sit well within the production. So I, I think unlike perhaps some of the operatic scores where it's very, very set and structured, there's much more license around these, these aspects of dance productions. I, I think the score is actually considerably longer. Um, the original Act Three part of deux, what we all know as the traditional Black Swan part of deux, Original production was the music that's now used for Tchaikovsky Pardada. So mix and match, depending. <laughs> I think it's worth noting that there, I have read about a version of Romeo and Juliet in which they didn't die in the end. And, you know, so As you know, a to Brit, what extent, that, that hurts. <laughs> yeah. to what extent artistic license kind of pushes against some envelopes? I don't know. Um, let's. Was there another hand over here? Yes. I can't hear you. I'm, I'm sorry, really sorry. I. Ask me a little bit more to say a little bit more about which, what I do. Okay, okay. my day at the moment consists of consists of looking at casting for um, rehearsals and performances and checking that everything is clear along with the other ballet masters. I teach company class, um, one, two, maybe three times a week. 
Um, I will meet for various meetings with um, the artistic director at times. Um, a lot of time is spent in the studio rehearsing. As I say, from we've got Swan Lake tonight. On Tuesday, we're in. We're, we're beginning to prepare the next program, and then we'll have. Um, the evening performances, so there'll be rehearsals for Swan Lake at the same time as preparing for the next programs. Um, and the days are, every day is different, um, which is very refreshing, uh, but they're very challenging because you sort of have to do a lot of preparation for something that might be going to happen in two weeks' time. I'm sorry that we really have run out of time and that you could probably fill in wonderfully de with details that are just fascinating. But we are hearing the half-hour call backstage. I have been enjoying very much this conversation with Bruce Sansom, who is our uh, assistant to the artistic director and ballet master. I know that you're all going to enjoy this performance tremendously. Go to the website, check the podcasts, come back for the Points of View program next Wednesday, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.